back when I was growing up, there was a cartoon called Jabberjaw, which was about a shark who had musical instruments and humans and would run around and play his musical instruments with his friends on land. Kids back then were stupid. Oh, is that where that Jabba Jabba Doo comes from or something? That was that was Yabba Dabba Doo from the Flintstones. Oh. Oh boy. Welcome to I Used to Know. I'm Scott. And I'm Steve. We're your hosts for this adventure into the past. Where we dive into things we used to know when we were kids that are no, no longer, longer true. Hey, Steve. Hey, Scott. So are you a big fan of cartoons? Oh, I love cartoons. One of my favorite things when I was a kid. Uh, when you were a kid? I'm still a huge fan of cartoons. <laughs> okay. Massive fan. Giant Bugs Bunny fan for, for life. For life. Yes. Even as an old, old man. Oh, for sure. Okay. To this very time, I showed my son one where Bugs Bunny actually shot somebody, and he was like, oh my God, what were you watching when you were a kid? <laughs> we were watching Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny. Saturday morning cartoons. Exactly, because I used to know Saturday mornings were about cartoons. It was amazing. It was the highlight of the week. It, it was. You would, you, know, you would wake up early, get your big bowl of cereal, go onto the couch, get yelled at because you poured milk on the couch by accident. <laughs> but in the end, you were watching... The awesome cartoons, three, at least three networks of just continuous animation. Just animated glory. It was awesome. And uh, we're going to go into the history of it a little bit, I think, and talk about how come it's gone. It's so sad. So, so I was looking up some stuff and I think we should go back in the Wayback Machine. Okay. To at least around 1937. 1937, they didn't even have TVs in 1937. Yes, no. Well, nothing significant, yes. So, but uh, we, they had radio. Radio? Radio and, cartoons? Well, they had radio shows. Okay. And I think that's where this begins, this whole, we should start the journey there, thinking about radio shows and why radio shows were what they were. Okay, let me picture this. Radio shows back in 1936. Picturing doesn't work with radio. <laughs> Go. So there you are, you're sitting there and the, you're at home, you're a person who's staying home all day. Okay. And you're listening to these radio shows, which back then they would call soap operas. Soap operas. So they were shows that were just trying to keep you entertained, but more importantly, they were being sponsored by companies that wanted to sell you stuff, like cleaning material, like soap. And soap opera. Exactly. A soap now opera. I get it. So... Back then, they had these. The whole idea of these shows was really just to sell you stuff, and they figured out that they keep you entertained and weave in and out stuff about how great laundry looked or how great your dishes got. That that you would go buy their stuff. It makes sense. Marketing one hundred and one. So then one day somebody said, "Hey, you know, kids go to the supermarket with mom. Maybe we can convince them to say what they want to buy." Good idea. Maybe we should advertise to kids. All right. So that takes us to about 1937. All right. So we went from 1936 to 37, and we're about to start seeing kids stories on the radio for the purpose of marketing to children. Yes. Funny enough, all of this stuff is all about just trying to get kids to whine about wanting something and getting the parent to buy it. It is a that is the whole point of Saturday morning time. cartoon <laughs> and all of this. 
So in 1937, it kind of started with one of the first shows I'd never heard of, but it was called The Cinnamon Bear. Cinnamon Bear. It actually sounds kind of cute. It does. It would be a yummy, I think, dessert, but... (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me, waiter. I'd like the Cinnamon Bear. But um, it was a radio show, and it came out right after Thanksgiving. And it ended, its final story plot completed the entire story on Christmas Eve. And it happened every afternoon from Thanksgiving to Christmas. This story about this bear, but more importantly, weaved in that story is about all the things that would make you so happy if you just only got it for Christmas. (laughs) It's genius. So the Cinnamon Bear story was really capturing kids' attention. And so then now people were like, this is a really great idea. (laughs) This is working. Let's keep this going. So with their success, radios, you know, radio companies started thinking we, we need to get some sort of shows to appeal to kids and kids at heart. Yeah. Like yeah. me. Right. <laughs> so they started focusing on different kinds of stories, like one we happen to know. I used to listen to it on a record back in the day when I was a kid. I thought I liked radio shows and I'd listen to them on my little LP, The Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger. 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 <laughs> On vinyl. That's where I was going. And like the Green Hornet. All right. Uh, These radio shows were really, you know, adults listened to them too, but mainly it was for kids. And again, they were doing a lot of advertisements in there to coerce kids to say what they wanted. In fact, one of the ways the Lone Ranger got started was they they really started getting the buzz on because on their very first show, they told the the kids that the very first 300 kids that wrote to them, that would be with a letter and stamp (laughs) would get a free pop gun. Nice. So they would mail a letter to them and then they would get a pop gun mailed back to them. And I'm sure probably with like a catalog of all these other things that you could buy. I'm I'm sure. And I'm sure they were on a list forever (laughs) to this day. They're probably still getting, Mail from the mailing list. All right. So now it's like these are adventure stories geared towards kids, not so cute and fluffy as the cinnamon bear, but uh, but really going after that demographic of six to 12. Exactly. Going after kids. And so we start moving a little bit more forward. And as we get into the 40s, we start saying to ourselves, oh, how about superheroes? Because comic books were starting to make it big. Yeah, who doesn't like a good superhero? And why not take a comic book and bring it to life on radio? Like The Adventures of Superman. Superman. Um, And there was also one called The Red Rider, which was this cowboy who would go around and have adventures. And of course, if you didn't know, there was a Red Rider BB gun. So of course, these adventures this cowboy is having, you too could have... If you only had a Red Rider BB gun. This is the same Red Rider. You'll shoot your eye out. Yeah. That, you're kidding me. That was real. <laughs> it's real. That was a real thing. Real thing. I thought that was all made up. Nope. The real Red Rider. And so these kind of shows where they were tying in sponsors and getting kids' attention and nobody caring that they're (laughs) mind, you know, coercing our kids would run and they'd have their run. The radio shows would run until about the early 50s. Okay. All right. So they they were kind of, but then overlapping that, you begin to have television. Television comes in. And if I'm a kid and I'm spending my time in front of a radio. Do you want to be staring at a big giant console radio that's just glowing from the tubes or do you want to watch a moving picture moving picture please sir in black and white 
Yeah, glorious 12-inch <laughs> surround picture sound. So, um, so as TV starts taking over, we start getting these shows that are really trying to bring kids around, but they're not necessarily Saturday mornings yet. They haven't figured out to consolidate everything in Saturday mornings. Oh, so mornings. this is just happening throughout so the week. So they're just happening on, on afternoons when kids come, would come home from school, you know, anything that, anywhere they could slip it in. So okay. you had things like Roy Rogers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that started like in 51. Um, you have Howdy Doody, which started in 1947. Howdy Doody. Oh, my parents loved Howdy Doody. And Howdy Doody went all the way to 1960. You're kidding me, that long? I know. It's a, a puppet, right? Yeah, well, you know, it's like the Simpsons, right? In that... <laughs> <laughs> Never grows old. That's right. <laughs> All right. Howdy so, Doody, Bart, same thing. Yeah, exactly. So um, you have uh, things like Andy's Gang, which is like a, the beginning of the clubhouse kind of show. Okay. Right? So, I mean, you, you know, you can think of those kind of shows like eventually there'd be like the Mickey Mouse Club or sure. even the Little Rascals or any of those kind of things. Those kind of shows. I'm not going to go too much into those yeah. because we're really kind of trying to do Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, that was but, more of like a TV show thing. Yeah, But, you know, you had Oakley Annie, uh, Annie, Annie Oakley, Oakley. and yeah. you had, they even had a Canadian one back then. In 1955, they had Sergeant Preston of the Yukon, which was a Mountie battling the elements and criminals. Yeah, a, Mounties. Yes. So, so you had all sorts Cowboy. of things. You also had one cartoon that had started to pop up. Which one was this? You know, something I never heard of. It was called Crusader Rabbit. Crusader Rabbit? Yes. Actually, I would watch Crusader Which went from Rabbit. 1949 to 1957. That long? Yeah. Wow. Now, what's what's amazing about the whole reason why you've got this live action stuff versus the cartoons is because cartoons at this time are really, really expensive. Okay. So... You know, you, you've uh, it's really hard to do all the animation. It's very labor intensive. It's just not a very profitable thing to do. Right. You can do it for the movies, but trying to do something like that for a half hour show every week, that'd be crazy. Right. So, but eventually that starts to change. The cost model starts to change. But we'll get to there. So okay. let's let's take let's take a view of 1955. Let's just take a little snapshot. All right, right now I'm picturing. Before I was picturing 1936. Now I'm picturing. Then 1940s picturing, into the early 50s. Yep. Here I am. And um, now you're 55. I'm at 55. I'm in my living room with my with my small little TV, black and white. Go. Well, what happens is NBC comes up with this idea that says, "Hey, kids are home Saturday mornings." Let's start promoting a set of kid shows for Saturday morning. All together. All together. Because if we do something all together in Saturday mornings, we can sell the advertisers that the eyes you have are for kids. So we can focus on kid stuff. So Toys, gum, candy, breakfast cereals. We can focus on those, get those advertisers to buy that time slot because we're filling it up with kids stuff. Yeah, and they can charge more for the ad time because they know that it's going to be targeted to the kids exactly. that they want to reach. Exactly. It's very targeted audience for that time. So you can imagine, I mean, these days we can tell who sees what on the internet or whatever, but but back then, you know, you were just broadcasting and hoping your word was getting out. Here they know kids are watching. So they're focused on this. So you have a TV series that NBC starts advertising saying, and I quote, Mom says it's okay <laughs> to watch TV on uh, Saturday morning. 
And again, these are not really cartoons. These are things like the Pinky Lee Show. Pinky Lee, I've heard of that. Which was sponsored by Tootsie Roll. All right. Then, uh, and in fact, funny, you know, a side fact, not funny, but a side fact is that particular show ended badly that year because apparently the actor collapsed on the stage and it was a it was a comic slapstick kind of comedy show this is live so it's live right you always had a live audience and then this person collapses on the stage kids don't realize he's not doing slapstick so they're just (laughs) laughing at this guy (laughs) who's like in agony on the ground and uh anyway he the show ends up ending that way there was a oh. there was an urban legend that said he was institutionalized after that, but that's not true. That's not, I mean, okay. he he survived everything. I don't okay. know what exactly okay. what caused him to collapse, yeah, we don't but want, we don't but, want somebody to die on television. Live. No, but but uh, but certainly that was a, an interesting end to that show. You have uh, Paul Winchell and Jerry Mahoney, which were a ventriloquist act, which was big back then. <laughs> okay, this is nineteen fifties. People like their ventriloquist dummies. Yes, okay. exactly. Which Jerry Mahoney was the dummy, apparently. Of course. Then they had another ventriloquist act called Funny Boners. <laughs> who, can, yes. who comes up with this stuff? It's the 50s. All right, all right. Well, <laughs> moving on. And we also have a sci-fi show that comes up. Uh, right. Tom Corbett, Space Cadet, Space Age Hero. And one of the interesting advertiser tie-ins was that they worked with Kellogg's on a cereal so that if you bought the Tom Corbett version of Kellogg's Pep cereal, not Pops, Peps. Pep okay. cereal, that you can cut out his ray gun from the back of the box. So you can have a cardboard cutout of his ray gun if you bought Pep cereal, which... Go. By the way, if you're curious, I had to figure it out. It's a whole wheat flake. So that, never heard of it. Maybe yeah. it's like a super you know, early version of Frosted Flakes. I don't really know, but different, that's a different a, show. <laughs> need more than a ray gun to get me to buy a whole wheat flake box. Yeah, so that's a different show. And another thing in 55 in this lineup yeah. was Mr. Wizard. Mr. Wizard, he was amazing. Yes, the basically the earliest version of Bill Nye the Science Guy, or if you're a guy from the 80s, Beekman's World. <laughs> I was a big fan of Beekman's, Beekman's World, World and yeah. his rap. <laughs> I vaguely remember. Beekman. I have his DVD. <laughs> of course you do. I, I, that does not surprise me. I am a at kid all. at heart. Wow. Wow. Mr. Wizard. Starts in this 1955 morning lineup. Okay. And, and funny side note about Mr. Wizard, nothing dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mr. Wizard, his show ends up, not him in it necessarily, but the Mr. Wizard show went all the way to 1990. Oh, wow. So from 55 to 90. Now, I don't think it's contiguous, but, that's you know, a long time. It's a, that's a long run. That's a very long run. Good for him. Well, it's just because science is cool. So so you, you're beginning to get this idea of a kid lined up on Saturday morning. Yep. Yep. And, and, and being fed uh, a series of shows that are intertwined with these promotional messages and uh, advertisements and... Um, and, and hooks to get uh, to get the kids to buy things. Yeah, almost like podcasts. No. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast brought to you by Mr. Wizard. <laughs> yeah. So, but now we begin to see cartoons starting to make a real push. Okay. And not necessarily at kids. 
Like if you remember the early days of Bugs Bunny were not really armed uh, aimed at kids there. They were they were aimed at adults who were watching a little little cartoon before the movie. That's right. And there was some mature content in there. Yes. Yeah. And if you, and that's what makes it so funny nowadays cuz <laughs> as as a kid you don't see it. And as an adult, you do, and it's just hysterical. <laughs> Funny slash shocking. Yes. So in 1960s, we get a new primetime, not Saturday morning, but primetime cartoon that really starts taking over um, the airwaves on TV. Yeah, Can you guess it? Um, I'm going to say I'm gonna say Flintstones. And you would be right. Ha-ha! So we have the Flintstones coming out. And it happened to be the first animated series during primetime. So they paved the way for The Simpsons. <laughs> in, in its own weird way, that's true. Mm-hmm. So, so that makes sense because people love the Honeymooners. The Flintstones were like the Honeymooners, just in cartoon form. And Stone Age. And in the Stone Age, because why not? Mm-hmm. All right. Exactly. But they were, I didn't realize that. They were on primetime. Primetime. Okay. Yep. In around 1962, again, this Saturday morning concept, they're, they're still trying to work this Saturday morning concept out. The, the marketers and the television stations, NBC, ABC, CBS, all these guys, they're starting to figure out that this is working, but let's get some more material. We need more material. And so they start saying, let's take some of the stuff from the 50s and replay it now, like the Lone Ranger, Space Patrol, um, Roy Rogers. Oh, Let's okay. start rerunning some of these things because these kids have never seen it before. They're new. They're brand new to them. And let's just start putting them, but we're going to put them on Saturday mornings. Uh, and you've already got all the these content. shows in the vault somewhere. Pull them out. Free put money, them. baby. Oh, man. Yeah. So these TV guys are smart. But they're now also intertwining it with some of the new animation that's happening and some of the old animation. So you're going to see on Saturday mornings, you've got Roy Rogers and Lone Ranger, but you also have Casper, the friendly ghost. Casper. Heckle and Jekyll. And of course, the classics, Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny comes back. So they're starting to form in 1962. All right. And also around there, we have a new primetime cartoon coming out by Hanna-Barbera called can you guess this one there were so many you had the bears. you had the flintstones um, and what was the yang the, to the ying of flintstones uh, oh the jetsons i yes. say jetsons so you had the stone age family and the space age family yeah and so the jetsons were on prime time but what they found was that it wasn't doing as well on prime time as the flintstones but okay. kids really liked it so in 1963 yeah. The Jetsons now move to Saturday mornings. Uh, makes sense because you can't stay up so late to watch it in prime time. You watch it Saturday morning. So you're watching it now Saturday morning, and the and so does the Flintstones start moving in there. They're realizing these are materials that the kids are enjoying as well, much like Bugs Bunny. There's material there for adults, but there's material there for kids, and and the adult parts are pretty inert for the kids, so it's okay. Um, I'm kind of picking up that you like Bugs Bunny. That, that, that's a theme that's that, that's recurring here. Yes. Well, again, huge fan. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I will say I'm a massive fan of Bugs Bunny. And I will say that as you look down the cartoon Saturday morning genre, one of the reoccurring cartoons from the very beginning to the very end. Even today. Well, when it was. Yeah. Bugs Bunny in some shape yeah. or form. That's true. Uh, it just survived the test of time. Classic. But of course, I'm I'm a little biased. You're a little, you are a little biased. I like Bugs Bunny. <laughs> so after '63, and again, now we got the Jetsons and the Flintstones, and we have a Saturday morning lineup. 
we start to enter what people believe is the golden age of Saturday morning cartoons. The 80s? No. Oh, the 80s had some really cool things, though. We'll get there. We're getting there. <laughs> but when you think about the golden age, a lot of people agree that the golden age of cart- Saturday morning cartoons was 1966, the kickoff 66. of the golden age. Okay. So let me just kind of hit you with a bunch of things that came out in 66. Got try me. Okay. And some of these you're going to remember, and some of these you're not. Captain Kangaroo. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Not a cartoon, though. Captain Kangaroo was great. Not a cartoon. No. No. And, and he ran a long run. No kangaroos. No. But he was the captain of them. He was. <laughs> <laughs> there was a cartoon called The Beatles, the- which you would imagine would be a little big in 1966. This is the rock band, The Beatles. Yes. They had a cartoon. Not oh, just a Yellow Submarine cartoon, but they had a cartoon. I know the Yellow Submarine. I didn't know they had a, they had a Saturday morning cartoon. They did. I actually remember this cartoon. Um, and then I think there was like a, they would do one piece of a song in the middle. Okay. You okay. know, during a chase scene or something. You know, uh, kind of like Scooby-Doo-ish, right? This is 66. This is like the 66. height of the Beatles' popularity. Yes. Yeah, so they have a thing. In fact, they ran ABC's, ABC crushed the competition on Saturday mornings because of the Beatles. Really? Yeah. Wow. Rushed them. That's amazing. Um, and of course, if you can get on either side of the Beatles, you were like the king, right? Because the Beatle cartoon, you were yeah, good there. You want that as a lead in. We also have the Marvel superheroes. Okay. So we've got superheroes showing up. We have Space Ghost Space and Ghost. Dino Boy. Space Ghost. I, I know Space Ghost, but I, that, 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 that was like in the 90s, wasn't it? Space you, Ghost? No, the good ones were in the 90s. Good ones. So, <laughs> <laughs> the, the in 1966, those were bad ones. Those were <laughs> that was the no offense, Space Ghost, that but was the original. If you're listening, but uh, but Space Ghost Coast to Coast, which was a talk show okay. made up of clips of that and the characters such as Brack and Zorak. Yes, okay. Also, a huge fan oh. of Space Ghost Coast to Coast and Brack and Zorak of the later days. Mm-hmm. You had the first original Space Ghost with his, his magic bands. And in his, 1966. And sometimes he would turn invisible. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you have Adam Ant. Adam, Adam Ant. Little tiny ant. Superhero oh, ant. Not a small guy. It was a no. tiny ant. Little ant. Yes. And I he remember. had a helmet. Yes. I he'd jump up. And, Adam Ant. Yes. Yeah. My, my, one of my favorite cartoons growing up, I was him for Halloween, I think kindergarten, and was Underdog. Underdog. Underdog is amazing. Speed of lightning, full of him. Yep, yep. I can, I can, I can see you being a big underdog Yes, fan. I had my little ring with the, with a Pez in it, like the vitamin with the big U on it, yep. so you can get your superpowers. <laughs> yep, underdog. You have a show called The Impossibles, which was really kind of like a knockoff of the Beatles. Really? The if I remember correctly, it was uh, a little bit of a knockoff of the Beatles. You know, they'd have a little singing thing going on. They're not the monkeys. Uh, the monkeys is the only thing that comes to my mind. You know, the, the monkeys had a cartoon in 1966 that they wanted to knock off in the Beatles cartoon. It would be the called the Impossible. Okay, I think. so right. I mean, you have Secret Squirrel. <laughs> secret Squirrel. He's a secret spy, right? Of course. Casper the Ghost. Casper. Oh, that that one I know. Um, the New Adventures of Superman. Not to be confused with the previous no. Adventures of Superman. Right. You have new ones. This one's better. You probably know these two people. Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry, sure. Absolutely. That was 66. So you, all this is all in this one year of 1966. Big things happening. Bugs Bunny, Roadrunner. This, this is everything you're listing. Is Well, there's some old stuff they're bringing to life for the first time on a Saturday morning. Right. They have lots of new material coming out. Okay. Um, like Roadrunner's new. 
All right. Yeah. So Roadrunner's brand new. You have Magilla Gorilla. Magilla Gorilla, yes. Right? Yes. That was a Hanna-Barbera thing, yep. too, wasn't it? Okay. Yep. I mean, Hanna-Barbera was, like, really becoming the king of Saturday morning animation. Yeah, they're because already doing Jetsons. They're already doing the Flintstones. Because they figured out the formula, right? So we're, we were talking earlier about the economics of, of animation not working. Yeah. But what's ha- changed now is that they've come up with better procedures to m- faster procedures, and they can outsource some of their cartoon making. Uh, to, to illustrate everything, to, to, to animate everything. Right. They have different animators, some of them not even within our country. So it was one of the first, like, you know, outsourcing capabilities out there. Okay. And in fact, they also did some shortcuts. Like, when you looked at an animated film, like a real animated film, they were looking at around 24 drawings per second. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah that makes uh, makes sense. Well, because Saturday morning cartoons were trying to be done on the cheap. Yeah, it's coming across the the airwaves, right? Yeah, they would do no more than three or four per second. <laughs> every every third of a second, yep. be like exactly, the, exactly. Wow. So so imagine the change in the economic Not side exactly of things. Fluid motion. Yeah. So there's no computers doing this. Everybody's doing hand drawings, but wow. on top of it. But remember, they're also doing the acetate trick, yeah. right? Where you do drawings on an acetate. Disney showed them that trick, right? All Disney's right. the one who kind of started that whole. I think he used glass, not acetate, but use glass things so he can make the background move different than the people so they didn't have to reanimate every single cell. Right, right. So you have, um, now Hanna-Barbera has taken this up to another level. So he's he's got these acetate tricks. He's doing, you know, just move the mouth, move the hands, move the arms. Everything else stays still. Yeah, like Scooby-Doo and Fred. Scooby-Doo, I know, yeah. Right, so if you remember Scooby-Doo and Fred, which we haven't talked about when Scooby-Doo hits the fan yet, it's coming. All right, it's coming, but, but still. But in that particular model, if you wonder, you look at Fred and wonder, why does he have that scarf around his neck? I, I never knew. Why does he... Is, he, is he because he's, he's such a highfalutin guy who wants to live in a van? He's a fashion model guy. He's got to have his scarf on at all times. Yeah, no. The reason why he's got a scarf is that it's really hard to animate the motion of a neck when you're moving his head. (laughs) So they said, hey, let's just throw a scarf there. That way it's a solid scarf all the time and we can move his head all we want. So so Velma's got the big turtleneck. Everybody's covered up, baby. Daphne's got the scarf, the pink scarf. Yep. Yep, everybody's oh, covered up. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. That so, makes so much sense. Yep. So uh, so now, and and then, you know, but still, even with all of this changes in drawings and economics, it's still kind of more expensive than a live action show, except for one vital piece. Yes. Live action actors. Like, <laughs> actors were very, very expensive, especially if they were any good. Okay. <laughs> right? Yeah. And voices are cheap. That's true. That is true. And you don't need a voice actor who looks like Rock Hudson or anything. No. So so they <laughs> they basically that's where the economic curve changed. Is that okay now voice actors are really cheap, we can do them much easier. Somebody get me Casey Kasem. So exactly. Voice. So um so that's basically how the economics changed. Wow. So, you know, you start moving to nineteen sixty eight and you get com- Oh, oh, and one last thing. Oh yeah. As we start thinking about what what also happened in 1966 and i recognize this as growing up in my saturday morning cartoons at the end of saturday morning cartoon for me anyway i knew saturday morning cartoons were over because it ended with american bandstand american bandstand came in yep yep so that was like the end and believe it or not that was 1966 at the end of the cartoons like, okay, dick kids. clark shows up <laughs> 
Time to let the teenagers come in and watch the TV. Exactly. And Everybody it's American out. Bandstand. They're going to start dancing. All right. Yeah, yeah, you gotta have you gotta have an end to a good thing like the Saturday morning cartoon run. Yep, but meanwhile, uh, keep in mind again, these are all targeted cartoons for targeted kids to get targeted commercials on them for a reason. So you have things like Sour Stripe gum advertisements. You've got Creepy Crawlers. Remember Wait, Creepy did you Crawlers? Say sour Stripe. Sour Stripe. I think by Beecham. No. Really? Yeah. And you're thinking Fruit Stripes? Nope. Sour okay. Stripe. All right. <laughs> hey, you did the research. Yep. So and Creepy Crawlers. Do you remember Creepy Crawlers? They that uh, cartoon that. Toy, I think uh, you kind of make the creeper crawlers. I think it's like the gummy thing you make oh, or something. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So that toy was around in the 70s. I remember making that toy with my brother like in the early 80s. I think I've made it with my wife's brothers like in the 90s. I mean, this toy, this toy came out in 1966. <laughs> That's crazy. The only <laughs> difference is I think I suspect all the heating elements were probably a lot more dangerous back then. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> more than a light bulb. I mean, it was just it was just like a rubber goo that you I think so, yeah. baked into the shape of a spider or something. Something like that, okay. yeah. yeah. I think I it, if that. I remember this, is the same I thing, remember. yeah. So th- those are the kind of things that we're advertising, right? And of course, breakfast cereals and things like that. Yep. 1967 brings the Fantastic Four. Okay, more superheroes. And Spider-Man. Yep, another superhero. And Birdman. Birdman. Yeah, that was a Hanna-Barbera thing. It was a guy <laughs> with a big, like, you know, you know, bird wings and stuff, and he would fly around. He was a superhero. <laughs> okay this is you're not thinking the michael keaton nope. uh nope. okay birdman 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 hey, even had a little beak helmet of course he did <laughs> of course he did um <laughs> okay journey to the center of the earth cartoon uh, I, I, that was a cartoon it was a cartoon all right that was i remember land of the lost it's is coming the same thing oh it's coming okay it's coming all right, spoiler yeah top cat uh drawing a blank on okay top cat top cat i remember top cat barely because it was on like if you were sick and you stayed home from school and you were from the New York area, you would be watching Channel 11 at like 2.30 in the afternoon. It was like Top Cat. <laughs> Every weekday afternoon at 4, right here on 11 Alive. <laughs> it's, like, it's like tier B. Yeah, exactly. All right. Picks. <laughs> and you had commercials for things like Frisbees and the Shoop Shoop Hula Hoop. Now, the Hula Hoop was big in the 50s. Yeah, I don't know what the Shoop Shoop added shoop, to it. Shoop, it's- <laughs> Whatever it is, it was better than the regular hoop because right. it was a shoop shoop. <laughs> <laughs> so then in 1968, they combined Bugs Bunny with Roadrunner. So now it's the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner show. All right. So that's 68. They have uh, Wacky Races. Yes. Do you remember the Wacky Races? I remember the Wacky oh, I Races. I love the Wacky Races. There was a dog. There was some kind of a dog that was Mugsley. driving a car. Mugsley was the dog. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Um, so you had Wacky Races. Archie comes out. Archie. Archie had a cartoon? Archie had a cartoon. I was never a fan. I remember the comic book. Yeah, he had a cartoon. I remember that because I kept... Oh, oh, yes, 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 yes. I remember it too. Sorry. Yeah, so, so, but I was never a huge fan, Archie and Jughead, but I, I knew of them. You had a show come out, which was not a cartoon, called Banana Splits. Banana Splits. Banana Splits, which was kind of like the precursor to a Croft Super Show. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you had this kind of like beginning of this idea of big Muppet kind of characters running around and doing stuff. All right. All right. You see it coming. Fantastic Voyage. I used to like that show and it wasn't because I was alive in 1968, but um, I watched reruns of it and that was about this spaceship that would miniaturize and then they would go into super small places. Small. I thought it was the body. It just goes around. They would go into a body sometimes, but then they did other things with it too, like go through, uh, you know, earth things or water stuff. Was this animated? Yeah, it was was animated. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 1969. Something big happens in 1969. 
Saturday morning. Moon landing. Yes, but <laughs> not on Saturday morning. You would never interrupt a Saturday morning cartoon for the moon landing. That's true. <laughs> you got to have priorities. Hang in there, Neil. Saturday morning cartoons move to 8 a.m. Oh. They even get earlier. They need more. You got to have the time, right? Because before it was, it, was, it was like 10 o'clock. Well, or? it started at 10, moved to 9. All now right. it's now 8. It's 8. 8 in the morning. You can go from 8 until noon. Because now kids can get up and turn on the TV themselves. That's right. And the parents don't have to worry. That's right. They just sleep. Right. So um, they're starting at 8 a.m. And some cartoons that start coming out or some shows that start coming out on Saturday mornings would be like The Pink Panther. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I liked Pink Panther. I mean, it wasn't my favorite, but it I was liked, a good one. It was, it was good, good, you know, especially when he had the, I like the anteater. The sideshow that was with it with the anteater. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I'll have to look that one up. Uh, Wild Kingdom. Okay. Which was not a cartoon, but no. you remember Wild Kingdom. And then eventually Wild Kingdom, I think, moved to Sunday nights for the Disney shows. Yeah. Sunday nights. Yeah. Yeah. Hot Wheels. Guess what that was about? Hot uh, Wheels had a show? It did. That is, that's got to be the purest form of just straight. Until you get to the crazy based marketing. Because in the 80s, they said, forget about it. We're not <laughs> even going to try to pretend. <laughs> We're just going to have a show about stuff. Exactly. So. Hot Wheels, the show. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Catanooga Cat. Yeah, don't know it. Dastardly and Muttley. So you remember oh. them from the Wacky Races, yep, but they yep. ended up having one in their flying machine. Yes, it was like some kind of a dirigible. It was, well, it was a, uh, yeah, I can't describe it. It was, it was like a, but I, it was a blimp thing. I, yeah, yeah. And I, I actually remember these guys from a show that I didn't see in my research, but it was called uh, Catch That Pigeon, which I think only had a three season. But 1969 brings HR Puff and stuff. Okay, now we're getting into the weird things. That was weird. <laughs> that was that was that was weird. That was it just just what he looked like was weird. This is a big blob thing. It was not really a fan, but um, uh, you know, younger kids than me really were, and yeah. um, I didn't really. I don't know. I I I, I could get into some of that H and R puff and stuff like more the the. I suspect the I didn't enjoy as many substances as as the people who were enjoying that show. <laughs> I was more of a, just a normal, not was, touching guy. So it was, it was the 60s, early 70s. Uh, the Perils of Penelope, Penelope Pit Stop. Oh, that was with the, uh, the guy with the mustache who would tie. And then the guy who would always try to rescue her, track. like yeah. the one guy who would always rescue her, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Hardy Boys? Yeah. Oh, the Hardy Boys. Well, that was live action, wasn't it? Uh, nope. Cartoon. That was a cartoon. That was the cartoon. Okay, because there yep. was a hard one. There was. All right. There was. But this was the cartoon. And then, of course, 1969 brings... Zoinks! Uh, Scooby-Doo! Yes. Scooby-Doo, Scooby Where Are You? Which is the full title. Oh, in 1969. Scooby-Doo, Where, where are, are You? Just not Scooby-Doo. No. There's a question mark in everything. Yep. All right. And if one of the live shows that came at the end was The Monkees. Yeah, now. So you got some... That one I know. Yeah, so... And that brings us to 1970, where you get Josie and the Pussycats. Okay. Yeah, that, that's kind of like a, uh, that's a spinoff from Archie, yeah, right? Yeah, it's a spinoff from Archie. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I used to enjoy this cartoon. I remember watching it, the Harlem Globetrotter cartoon. Oh, yes. Yeah. Harlem Who eventually meets Scooby-Doo. They did. They had to have a crossover. They, they had several crossovers, right? Don Knox and all those guys. Yes. And, yeah, so one of them was Scooby-Doo meets the Harlem Globetrotters. Oh, Curly. Curly was my favorite. Of course. Yeah. In 71, we bring on another famous group. You want to talk about a direct tie-in to mm -hmm. advertising? The Jackson 5. Oh, really? Jackson 5? Mm -hmm. Cartoon? Like Jackson 5 cartoon. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
So just as they're coming out with all their all their other songs, they've got this on Saturday morning. Yeah, so so they're so they're getting a little more brazen with their connections <laughs> these days now, yes. right? You have Sabrina the Teenage Witch. You Another have Archie. A, a show called Pebbles and Bam Bam, which was them grown up. Oh, really? Yep. Didn't do very well, but yeah. Grown up Pebbles yep. Yep. and Bam Bam. Um, but I also want to bring out in 1971, they began to say, maybe we should just stop feeding this pure sugar to kids and give them <laughs> at least two and a half minutes of some sort of real information. All right. So they gave the, that was the beginning of the in the news segment. Do you remember in the news? In the with, news. Yeah. So they would talk about news in a kid friendly way. To kids? Yes. Yeah, for two no, and a half minutes. I do not remember this. I bet you anything that I probably was getting up from the TV and going to get a snack or something. When yes, this no, in on. the news. In the news, yep. okay. And then also 1971 brings the beginning of the Soul Train. But that's not a Saturday morning cartoon. Well, again, it was sort of the ending of it. So it was like Soul Train, then American Man Sam. Okay, yeah, that, okay, that I'll buy. Yeah, so it was like that showed you the end of the road. <laughs> as a kid you were like, like the dance is starting yeah we're done here out of here um 72 brings like the osmonds my now where i was not a fan of josie and the pussycats it brings in 1972 brings josie and the pussycats in outer space with gleep <laughs> and i was a fan of gleep <laughs> you gotta be a fan of gleep so how does this work in some kind of boardroom some guy is pitching <laughs> exactly you know how good josie and the pussycats is Let's put them, wait for it, in space. Exactly. Let's have them accidentally fall into a rocket with all their <laughs> instruments. And then we'll accidentally blow, blast them into space, into far off space. Yep. And you know what? They'll be fine when it comes to food and oxygen and everything else. Don't worry about it. Because they've got their friendship and their love of music. And they eventually got Gleep. <laughs> and Gleep, which is like a purple monkey or something. Right? Yeah, it was some sort of alien, like alien? little, like... It was a cross between a monkey and a cat or something. It was like, okay. was kinda, yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, so C-Lab 2020, mm. the Brady kids, you seen a theme the here, Brady, Brady kids. kids. Yeah, so they're, they're trying to do the crossovers. They're trying to bring in TV shows that are popular. Oh, because this is safe. And then make them also for kids to advertise the kids to go watch right. the other TV like, shows. Because hey, you, know you could double down on the advertisement. Hey. That's right. Right. Wow. 73 brings Schoolhouse Rock. That now that's not junction junction. What's your function? That's not a show as much no. as it is like filler, right? That was in between the shows. So if I remember my story of Schoolhouse Rock, it was basically a bunch of advertisers got together because they were like sick of just exploiting kids and <laughs> said, Hey, why don't we use our forces for some good? Right. right. Let's let's make some, you know, kind of a little long advertisements and we'll kind of teach them something. That's a good idea. You've already got and, everybody held hostage in front of the television. And we'll use jingles like advertisements to reel them in. You know, like three is a magic number right. and... I'm just a bill. Exactly. All of the classic Schoolhouse Rocks. Again, also a junction. huge fan of Schoolhouse Rock. There was a weather Schoolhouse Rock. So as a weatherman, I really enjoyed that. There was Interplanet Janet. She was a galaxy girl. She was. So, yes, the Schoolhouse Rock came out. But, again, to continue this idea of crossover between real, regular TV and cartoons, you have things like Adam's Family, mm -hmm. Star Trek. Star Trek, the cartoon. Cartoon. My favorite Martian. See, they're just, they're just taking old properties and making a cartoon out of them. Yep. 
because then you might be interested in the real show and then you'll watch that and they'll get advertisement there too. Wow. Brilliant. Super Friends comes out then. Okay. Now these are DC, the Super Friends. I think so. Yeah, there's like... I don't think it didn't look like Hanna-Barbera. So Speed Buggy. Mm -hmm. Sigmund and the Sea Monsters, not a cartoon. No, that was one of those Sid and Marty Croft. Yes, again, a very woo-hoo kind of thing. Um, (laughs) It's a little out there, but but Sigmund was cool. And Hanna-Barbera's knockoff of Hanna-Barbera's Scooby-Doo came out in in 1973, which was called Goober and the Ghost Chasers. Have you ever heard of it? (laughs) There's... There's never been anything called Goober Goober, and the Ghost Chasers. Goober and the Ghost Chasers. No, no. You try to slip something like this into every podcast thinking I'm not going to catch it. Nope. There's Goober and the Ghost Chasers. Go Google it. It's it's a Hanna-Barbera knockoff of Hanna-Barbera's. So he was actually knocking off his own stuff. Stealing from himself. Scooby-Doo. Yeah. It was a bunch of teens chasing ghosts in mansions and stuff with a dog. The dog was named Goober. Goober, and he would turn invisible. Oh, come on, I yeah. How how is it? It did that not I last have, long. I have gone this far into my life, I have not heard of because Goober it was a terrible cartoon. <laughs> it sounds like it's a terrible. Yeah, cartoon. it was a terrible cartoon. Um, but so so they were knocking off their own stuff. Seventy four brings Hong Kong Fooey. Yes, number one super guy. Yes, Hong Kong Fooey. Um, Gilligan's Island. All right, right. Oh, wait, the new adventures Saturday? of Gilligan. Wait. 74 comes the cartoon, The New Adventures of Gilligan's Island. Okay, so they had this TV show. This is another cartoon. Because if you remember spin-off. the 60s sitcom or the 60s kind of shows, people were starting to watch them again. They're in coming the in 70s, reruns. They're coming in reruns. And so these reruns, Man. they want to advertise these reruns. So they're giving them to kids in cartoon form. Wow. I mean, there was even, um, I don't remember the time of it, but there's even, I think there was a Bewitched cartoon. There was I Dream of Genie cartoon. Yeah, all those old 60 shows. They all came back animated. Yeah, yeah. and if you really think about it, um, Get Smart, you know, kind of turned into um, Inspector Gadget, right? <laughs> yeah, almost to, almost yeah. directly. Yeah. yeah, even the same actor. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 1976 brings the actual Croft Super Show and Jabberjaw. Jabberjaw. Um, and Captain Caveman in 77. Oh! I haven't thought about Captain Caveman in forever. Captain Caveman. With, uh, yes, the, the club. The club and that it had just the flies. And it had the somehow. It had the bird with the candle for a light. And then it had like, you know, he would open the club and all sorts of different things yes, would come out. But it was yes. mostly that bird would do stuff at the end of the club. Yeah. Wow. Captain Caveman. Captain Caveman. 78, the Scooby All-Star Laugh Olympics. <laughs> so this is this is they're taking like the Battle of the Network stars, which I'm sure was very popular on TV, and, and saying, "Let's make it cartoony." Yeah, wow, yeah. the Laugh Olympics, the Laugh Olympics. Yep. Okay, and and honestly, as I was looking through my research, mm-hmm. that's sort of where the the magic begins to wane. I think right, I'll so, be the judge of that, so, Scott. So the magic begins to wane in 78. At least take a hiatus. Okay. All right. There's, the growth isn't so big. Um, after 78, there's really not, you know, they're doing a little more live action stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, there were some shows that were late 70s, early 80s started to show up. Well, 80s. That's different. Okay. All right. So let's get through the so the slog that is 78, 78 79. to 84 is kind of like 
the DMZ of Saturday morning. <laughs> it's just like kids are just wandering around aimlessly. Doing things like, I don't know, playing baseball and like, stuff outside. I can't believe I have to go out as again. There's nothing on television. Exactly. But then in 84, life on TV came back. Okay. How so? What was, what was the, the, our, the vanguard of this oh, new. All I do, resurgence. I'm just going to, I'm just going to say these, these words to you and you'll know okay. exactly what I'm talking about. Good. La 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 la. Oh my god, it's gonna be in my head the rest of the night. Why did you do that? Yes. The Smurfs. The Smurfs. Oh, the Smurfs. Yes. My brother even had a Smurfs hot wheel, like those little, you know, big wheels with a big wheel in the front that you would pedal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He had a Smurf one. Yes. Smurf big wheel. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I'm going to remind him about that. The next Smurfs. Time I see <laughs> yes. The big thing was the Smurfs. And then it's knockoff sort of like the Snorks. Do you remember the Snorks? I do not remember the, the Snorks. With the, with the little like straw head. But I the saw. The straw on the top of their head. I, I Believe it or not, I did a little bit of research for this. And I saw the Smurfs come up and then something called the Snorks. And I said, what <laughs> is a Snork? That makes no sense. It was just basically a blatant ripoff of the Smurfs. Except I think it was underwater and they looked different. Okay. Um, they had like straw heads. They had straws coming out of their head or something. Instead of like a white hat. Yeah. Okay. Hey, whatever. Although I think they had more women. Oh, like, good. you know, versus just the one, you know. There wasn't a Snorket. <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> instead of the one Smurf hat and an entire flock of Smurf. Wow. <laughs> All right, Snorks, um, I'll have to, I'll have to yeah. check that one out. But now let's talk about blatant marketing. All right, now we're coming at kids We're hard talking about the big 80s, baby. Sales pitches. Right, we're talking big 80s. We're talking big hair. That's right, it's the we're me talking, generation. You know, it's just, uh, it's you know. It's about money. It's about, yeah, it's about the money, Benjamins, money, baby. Money. That's right, and, breaking it in. And so we have Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, I actually, I remember Dungeons and Dragons, the cartoon. Dragon's Lair. That was straight from the arcade. Straight from the arcade. That's so right. it was a it was a crossover from the video game. So that's what's happening. You got the you got the arcade culture, which crashed like on the planet in early eighties. Everybody spending their quarters. You got your Pac-Man's. You got your pole position cartoon. You got your Dragon's Lair. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There was a pole pimi- pole position cartoon. Yes. <laughs> I knew about Pac-Man. Yeah. Pac-Man, I remember. I did not remember pole position. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. What do you what did you just like watch a car drive around? I I, I think it was kind of like like a speed racer knockoff. Okay. Pole position. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, yeah. so a lot of a lot of arcade games yeah. coming in. And still a very famous cartoon crossover to a live action show that was on primetime, I Pitted a Fool. Mr. T. Mr. T cartoon. Mr. T. Yes. Representing in the cartoon form. Absolutely. Excellent. Yeah, you can tell, right? So Saturday morning cartoons just basically took a snapshot of what was the, you know, most popular of popular culture and boiled it down and spoon fed it to the kids in the morning so that they would spoon feed it back or spit it out to their parents saying i need this video game or i need to go to the arcade arcades are popular arcades everybody are those places you would go to and they'd have video games you would put a quarter in to play a video game and then you lose it really fast yeah they were like playstation 4s that you had to pay for (laughs) exactly and go somewhere to play (laughs) that's right wow okay mr t had a show uh what else is going on in 1984 well, I can I can tell you. I mean, we've got this transformation that's happening, and and it goes 1984. You've got all like I think you've got um, 
uh, Strawberry Shortcake and like all these other kind of shows start popping up. Okay, well, that, those Gummy are tied bears. in with the, the dolls. You can sell dolls. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess with the superheroes, you can you can sell the action figures. You too. can. You can. You also get the entry of Disney. Disney on Saturday mornings. Sa- Disney start coming out on Saturday mornings. You start, you know, between eighty four like and eighty eight. Mouse things. Between eighty four and eighty eight, you're getting this transformation where Disney's like, I want a piece of this action, and so they're doing things like the gummy bears. Disney did the gummy bears. Disney, yep, did the gummy bears, hopping here and there and everywhere. All right. Yep. All right. Not the Care Bears. Nope. The Gummy Bears. Gummy Bears. Okay. Um, but then they also had a big hit, which was the New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Oh, really? Yeah. Which brought up the, the ride, the Winnie the Pooh ride in Disney World. Oh, I didn't realize that that was from the 80s. I thought that yeah. was that was older. Yeah. Wow. Nope. Okay. Nope. Um, you also get things like the Muppet Babies. Muppet Babies. Yes, because... And they're back. The Muppet Babies are back. There's a show going on, and I forget what channel it is, but they're, they're, they're bringing them back. I think it's Disney XD, actually. Really? Yeah, it's bringing back Muppet Babies, but they look a lot scarier than the Muppet Babies we grew up with. <laughs> I like the Muppets. We should have more Muppets in our lives. You have things like Slimer and the real Ghostbusters. Really? They made a cartoon out of the... Oh, that was a oh, great yes. cartoon. No, it you're was right. Great. That's although great. the although the lead character had a different voice, that was the only disappointment. I do remember this. Yes, yes. Yeah, I don't remember Slimer being a big part of it, but I remember oh, he was huge and he talked. Okay, he talked. Yeah, Slimer would talk. If I remember correctly, Slimer would like. Meh, meh. Yeah, yeah, it was like yeah, yeah. Slimer would talk. Okay, almost like because he would be like the hero. A lot of these guys. It was like he was like the comic sidekick and would accidentally cause like the situation to get better. He was like the Scooby Doo of the real Ghostbusters. <sighs> But no, Slimer's a bad guy. He, not in the cartoon. He's a good guy. That's not canon. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's a good guy. Actually, I think it's... Wasn't he a good guy in Ghostbusters 2? The... Yeah. Slimer wasn't bad uh, yes, in Ghostbusters 2. He, I think he was... Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So he was already showing his stripes then. All right. He converted. <laughs> All right. So we had the Ghostbusters. I'm going to give you one that you're going to go like, oh boy. <laughs> Right. Pee-wee's Playhouse. Pee-wee's Playhouse. Not that that was the live action Pee-wee's yes, Playhouse. Yes, live action Pee-wee Playhouse. Okay. Saturday mornings. Wow. Yeah. Which eventually went to Pee-wee's Great Adventure. Yep. Yep. Pee-wee, I think in the circus or flying circus or something. Or, yeah. Yeah. Something yeah. No. Pee-wee's big, big top. adventure. And Pee-wee's Big Top or something. Big Top Pee-wee, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking Flying Circus, that's Monty Python. Different show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the new adventures of Mighty Mouse. I'm going to throw two more out here that are now legendary. All right, hit me. G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe, because knowing is half the battle. Yes, exactly. No one ever died. Things would blow up and people would parachute to safety. <laughs> Every single how, time. That's how life works. Yep. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That, that's got to be late 80s, right? I mean, yeah. Talking. Yeah. 88. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. what ends up happening is things start changing in the in 1988. What's happening is there's a lot of lobbyists lobbying going on to Congress in 1988. Uh, you're not going to tell me that the government got in the way of all this? Well, parents, there were very concerned parents that violence on TV was affecting children. So they were lobbying Congress to start passing laws to try to outlaw, quote, violent cartoons. Oh, man. You're kidding me. 
it was Goober and the Ghost Chasers. Blew it for everybody. Yes. So, so that that you know, so you had these lobbyists going in there, and you had things like you know Thundercats and all these things, and and what ended up happening? Thundercats. You remember Thundercats? Yeah, but it wasn't super violent. So, what ends up happening is eventually a law gets passed through Congress that says network television needs to do so many hours, I think three hours of educational shows a week for okay. kids. Yep. And then I guess they can have violence after that. <laughs> as long as you do your quota. So they did their quota. Now, the problem is now the networks, of course, are saying if we don't provide that three hours of educational television, mm-hmm. then the networks, the local affiliates will have to do it themselves. And then they won't use network broadcast they'll use local broadcast instead of showing what's on the network which means the network doesn't make the money anymore locals make the money so they're doing the educational stuff yeah Uh, again it's always about the benjamins right yeah from the very beginning this was caused by people wanting to earn money from kids and in the end this is about people trying to hold on to their money Gotcha. But you also have other factors that are now starting to fly in in the late 80s, early 90s. Cable TV is becoming really big. Okay. So there's a lot of competing channels out there. It's not just the big three anymore. No. So you've got all this competition coming around in there. You have afternoon schedules that people are flooding, which is changing the quality of the programming before you were really focused on trying to make... I know we talked about the economics of animation, but... Mm -hmm. You know, they would still spend, you know, $300,000 on an episode or something, you know, on a Saturday morning. Well, now all of a sudden they need to produce stuff that's happening five days a week. Right, right. And so you've got to do it much cheaper. So the animation quality is going down. And then, of course, now you're getting less people who will really give them quality material. Saturday mornings are like, I don't have the money anymore to give you right. quality material. So uh, this thing starts falling to, apart. This thing starts to fall apart. Uh. Right. So in the end, you know, you start getting channels like they even said the rumor was even in 1988, NBC started saying, you know what, maybe we should have just our today news show on Saturday morning instead. And and in the early 90s, they did. They converted over to just news, no more cartoons. Mm -hmm. And they were like the beginning of it. And so and thus it began to fall apart and all the way through until officially the um, and it's considered. September 30th, 2014, they declared Saturday morning cartoons dead. Ah, the death of Saturday mornings as we knew him. Yep, yep, because all of the Saturday morning cartoons were no more the last bastion of holding on to Saturday morning cartoons, was now turning their thing down. It was just the end. Yeah, it's just not a thing anymore. It was even in the Washington Post. So, you know, you can go look it up in different news articles. They all declare that. The beginning, the very end of Saturday morning cartoons. Uh, so and it was such a great thing. It was but, such a great time. And and kids today don't actually understand that excitement because we they don't really understand scheduled programming anymore, right? right. The, as we went into the 2000s, scheduled programs started to fall apart. You had cable TV, you had Nickelodeon, Nick at, you know, um, uh, you had Noggin, you had all these TV shows at your disposal anytime you wanted. Then you started having on demand coming out. You have Netflix. You have all these things. So if you want to watch something, just hit play. You're either going to go find it on Netflix or even in the early 2000s, you'd get the DVD. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So you would watch it whenever you wanted to watch it. You didn't have to go to a certain time and place mm-hmm. in order to see something. Part of the fun, though, back in the day was waking up on a Saturday knowing that at 8 o'clock in 20 minutes, my shows were going to start. I better yep. get ready. I better. And there was no pausing it. Yeah, yep. You, so you had to make sure that. You ran to the bathroom on the commercial breaks. <laughs> <laughs> and you made sure everything was set. And if your if your parents were in the bathroom getting ready for something and you needed it during that time, you were like, oh my God, <laughs> the commercial's almost over. I got to get back. Our big problem uh, was the light coming through the windows. My sister and I would spend 10 minutes from 7.50 to 8 o'clock putting up all these cushions from the sofa in front of the window glass. So Not to that, wash out the television. So that the TV, we could see the TV because the sun <laughs> would come right on in. And that was that was a ritual. You had to do that. <laughs> yeah, so, so in the end, these alternatives and everything started to really begin the, you know, kill it. And it took all that time to get there. It was a great run. Yes. But it is over these days. No more Saturday morning cartoon unless you make your own Saturday morning cartoon ritual and mm-hmm. Go to Netflix, I guess. And, and just, just stream from 8 until noon. Yeah, pause it if you want. It's not the same, but you know. Uh, uh, what what a bunch of great shows, though. There's some in there that I honestly forgot about, and now... I gotta I, go find. I feel I feel a little happier knowing that that, that cave, Captain Caveman existed at one point yes. in my life. That's, and I bet you if you you know go to YouTube, you may just find it again. I, I probably could. <laughs> I could probably find all this. I'm looking up Goober and the Ghost Chasers when I get home. I want to see what all this is about. Yeah. So do you have anything else on your side? Uh, no. Just I, I, the only other cartoon that I remember, I don't even know if it was a real thing or if it was a fever dream that I had in the 80s. Was there a Rubik's Cube cartoon that you remember i don't remember i for some, i remember there being just like rubik's sort of cube like puzzle crazy. kind of it wouldn't shock me i mean they had pac-man you might as well have the rubik's cube absolutely i mean again gi joe was a toy yeah yeah that's true all these things strawberry shortcake was a toy i'll have to look it up but no i will come back on a later episode and report back to our listenership <laughs> whether or not there was a rubik's cube cool cartoon. all right well Again, thank you everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed this particular episode of, uh, you know, I used to know. Check, you know, tell a friend if you enjoyed this podcast, like us and listen to us wherever you get your podcast fixed. Thanks again, everybody. Yes, thanks everybody.